0: This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv. Hey, my name is TJ, and I'm one of the pastors here, if you don't know who I am. And, uh, man, we're just glad that you're here with us. Hey, if you are in 6th, 7th, or 8th grade, um, we have an awesome junior high ministry for you. I know I, I saw some kids go out, but you guys can, can go ahead and head out to your own service. Man, they've they got a great time playing for you back there with Pastor Mike. So, uh, for the rest of you all, thank you guys so much for being a part of our series, The Vow. We've been talking about love and marriage and relationships and, and all of that stuff over the last couple of weeks. And, and I just want to dive right in today... To that, And so let's just start from the very beginning. Let's just start with Adam and Eve. In, in fact, there's this, this, this story that I heard that I don't know if it's true or not. You can, you can be the judge of it at the end of it. But basically, uh, God, God and Adam were talking one day and they were just hanging out and and, and Adam was asking God some questions and stuff. And, and finally he got to the subject of Eve. And he's like, you know what, God, man, can I, can I just ask you something about Eve? I mean, why did you make her so beautiful and smell so good and, 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 and look so pretty? I mean, what, why, why did you do that? And he's like, well, well that's real simple. I, I did that so, that so that you would like her. And then, so that you would be attracted to her. And he's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. He said, God, can I, can I ask you one more question? God's like, shoot for it. And he's like, okay, well then, I need to know this. Why'd you make her so stupid? And he said, well, Adam, that's so that she would like you. Every woman should be like, amen, right there. And so, well, not really. I don't know who should be, amen. Never mind, I won't ever do that story again. Because that did not go... <laughs> Very good. Anyways, um, we're going to dive right in. I, I just want to throw something out there because we're going to go kind of serious today. I know that we don't do serious very much here; more, it's more like a comedy show most weeks and stuff. But we're going to dive right in, and we're going to talk about something I think is very, very critical. That's so important to relationships. And so we're going to go back to the scripture in Genesis chapter two, um, verses twenty-four and twenty-five. If you if you don't have your Bible with us, you you can look in your worship guide, and there'll be some notes in there. If you don't have that, you can look up on the screen. We just want you to follow along and and here's what it says. It says, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. Verse 25 says this, And the man and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. It says that the the, the man and the woman, they were both naked and felt no shame. Now the Hebrew word there that is translated as shame is this word, "boosh." Everybody say "boosh." Say say what some assays. say. Say say boosh. Do it like you're about to give some rock to somebody or some some pound and go boosh. Yeah, that's right. Y'all like that, don't you? You're like that's some that's some flavor right there for you. Anyways, and that word means to be ashamed. It's, it's this word that's translated to shame. It means to be ashamed or it means to feel completely worthless. And and, and what it was is it was saying, man, the man were both naked and they were not a bush. They were not ashamed. They, were not, um, comp- they weren't in this state where they felt like uh, they were worthless at all because they were in the security of knowing that, man, there was complete openness and there was complete transparency. Man, there was no shame there in the state that they are. Because we know that when somebody's naked or something, what do we do right away? What's the first thing we do? If we're naked and, and somebody walks around the corner or something, what do we do? cover up. Right. You got good. We're not a nudist colony here. So that's good. Uh, You know, so we cover up. Maybe, I don't know. We'll, we'll stay away from that. They were in this place where there was no sin. There was no shame. There was complete and total intimacy and they could be completely exposed and it was completely okay. But today that's not how life is. I mean, if we're exposed at all, man, the first thing we're doing is covering up. In fact, I was at a wedding last weekend for, um, Kelly and Matt who she sings up here on the worship team and he runs sound for us a lot of times and, and we were at their wedding and they're they're getting ready to do their first dance and, it, and they were they're dancing some country song or something I don't really know I don't I don't know country music very well and and as they were out there and they just started dancing their flower girl who was like 2 or 3 years old runs out on the dance floor grabs her dress lifts it up over her head and says "Hey everybody!" and and you know and just exp- she just flashed everybody in this uh, on this whole side and and you see her dad, who's one of the groomsmen, he comes running and like grabs her and, and like rushes her out. And, and, and nobody was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. No, they were like, she's innocent. She doesn't know any better. That's like what two, it's okay with two-year-olds if they flash people. You know, we had, we had some friends over to our house last night and, and they have a, they have a son and they're like, man, we, he's, he, he was going to lay down and sleep while we hung out and stuff. And they're like, man, can we change him? And then we're like, yeah, go for it. They're like, do you care if we change this right here? Because he doesn't care. And, and we're like, oh, that's fine. You know, and the dude just, he just got naked right there in that instant because he's like two years old. He doesn't care. I mean he was just in this state of he was naked and not ashamed and you know what that, that's really cool for that two or three year old you know to flash people but if she's 21 and she's doing that we got issues right? But they were in this state where there was this place where man they were not ashamed of what was happening to them. They were they were cool with that. Um, and, but as we talk about relationships what happens to a lot of us is that What happens is secrets come in, shame comes into our life, and all of a sudden, instead of having that intimacy that they had originally where they could be completely open and completely transparent, because that's what that's saying right there. Man, they were completely open, they were completely transparent. Instead of having that, a lot of times we're hiding in our relationships and that hiddenness, what it does is it separates us. causes this gap to happen in a relationship where there's no transparency, where there's things that are behind us, where there are things that we're trying to keep away from other people. And they're sitting there and they're hurting us. And, And before sin and before secrets, man, there was this complete openness and transparency that was out there. But what happened, and we all know the story, is that that Adam and Eve are on earth, Adam's name and animals, everything's good it's awesome and all of a sudden the serpent comes up and starts talking to Eve and, and he says to Eve man hey is it really, did God really say that you couldn't eat that fruit, we've all heard this story right and, and she's like well I, he said you know it's not a touch or whatever and he's like so you can't eat it and he deceives her and she eats some fruit and then it says she turns to her husband and hands him the fruit and he eats it, now let me just stop right there and let me just promise you when we get to heaven here's the first thing that I I'm going to do when I get to heaven. I'm going to make a beeline straight for Adam and I'm going to punch that dude in the throat. Because that dude messed it up for all of us, didn't he? Right there. Like that sucker, he should have said, no woman, I don't eat fruit. Or I don't know what he should, he should have stopped everything right there, but he didn't. And so you can get in line right behind me and we can all take a turn punching him in the throat. And so what happens is when they ate that fruit, the Bible says that in Genesis 3, 7 through 10, it says the eyes of both of them were opened. And they realized that they were naked. Up to this point, they had no clue that they were naked. They just thought that this was natural to be exposed and to be transparent and to be, be out there like that. And it says, and so they sewed fig leaves together and they made coverings for themselves. And what else did they do? The Bible says they hid from the Lord. It says they, they were in this relationship with God, but all of a sudden they have this realization that that all of a sudden, man, I'm naked and, and I'm exposed and, and I'm vulnerable. So I've got to cover these things up. And, and man, and, and if God really sees who I am, then there's no way that he would accept me. And so instead of exposing myself to him, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna run and I'm gonna hide in the bushes and I'm gonna try to get away. And I'm gonna try to make sure that nobody sees me, that nobody experiences where I am. And all of a sudden, man, they hide. And that's our tendency today when something happens, happens in our life, when something bad happens, or we make a mistake, our tendency is to hide those mistakes, isn't it? I mean, I I do it all the time. I'm screw up on something. Man, I'm doing everything I can to cover that thing up. And I'm going to bet that you are too. I mean, we, it's natural. We can watch it all throughout the history of our lives. Think back when you were a little kid. What is the thing that little kids do when, when you find them hiding at like age two or three, and they're in this position right here? What does that mean? That means they're hiding to take a dump. That's what that means. If you didn't know what this position means for a a child, it means I'm doing something I'm not supposed to be doing behind the curtain, in the corner, next to the couch, so you can't see me. Why? Because we know that we shouldn't be doing this, but yet because of that thing that's in us, what do we want to do? We want to naturally, we want to hide. We want to cover up. We don't want to expose ourselves. And it messes with us. And it messes with us. And what it does is it separates us. It's just like it separated Adam and Eve. All of a sudden, they were distant. They, they realized that there were some things in their lives that were not going the right way. And so they hid themselves from God. In verse 9, it says, But the Lord called to the man and said, Where are you? And Adam answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. And so what did he do when he was naked? It says, He hid. He hid. He's like, man, I, I, I might be vulnerable, man, I hid. Um, people might not accept me, I hid. I, I feel like I'm gonna be rejected, I hid. And that's what happens to us over and over and over in life. And we think that by hiding, man, we're, we're, we're keeping ourselves from being hurt. But what we're really doing is we're separating ourselves. We're putting this distance between us and God that he never intended for there to be. And instead of exposing our lives to the almighty creator who knows our lives anyways, what we do is we cover it up. And we wonder why there's no intimacy in our relationship with him. And then we look at our relationships and we do the same thing. Instead of exposing ourselves, our hurts, our pains, our fears, our shame, our guilt to the people that love us the most, we hide them from them because we think, man, if they really knew me, there's no way that they could accept me. There's no way that they could love me. They would actually reject me. And this is Satan's plan. This is his, his whole idea, man, is if he can get God's children to buy into this guilt and to the shame, man, then he can separate them from their creator and he wins. And so Satan has this shame game. And if you're taking notes, man, it, it, three things that he likes to do and he, what happens to us is, is for a lot of us, we experience something deeply painful or sinful in our lives. At some point, you are going to experience something extremely painful. At some point, you're going to experience something extremely sinful in your life. I mean, it just, something just happens in our lives. And, and either you might do it, or, or you might sin against God, or you might sin against somebody else, or somebody does something to you, and you, and you go, Oh my gosh, I shouldn't have done that. I better go and hide. I better go in hot. I better keep this from other people. I better make sure that they never see what's happening to me. Or maybe even, you don't even do something, but somebody does something to you, and you start to associate your life with that, and because they did that to you, you start looking at that, and you start looking at scenarios where you say, man, you know, maybe somebody molested you, or maybe somebody abused you, and you you start to think to yourself, because of that situation, it's a very painful thing. It's a very shameful thing. You start thinking, man, man, maybe I did something to deserve that. Maybe maybe something I did caused that to happen in my life. And, And all of a sudden, you start to have that as a part of you and you start to identify part of that and it becomes deeply painful and deeply shameful and you experience this first thing where you have this pain and this sin in your life and you don't know what to do with it and then what happens is, is Satan loves to come and connect what happened to you with who you are. And so maybe you went and you, you lied or something. And all of a sudden, you, you didn't just lie once. All of a sudden, he's telling you all the time, you're a liar. All of a sudden, you, you, maybe you went out and you made a mistake in a relationship. You ended up sleeping with somebody. All of a sudden, he's, he's coming to you and he's saying, oh, man, you're a whore or you're a player. And he's starting to tell you that you're these things. And you're starting to associate your life with it. And you're thinking, man, if people knew about this, if, if they understood, you know, they wouldn't just see me as doing something bad. They're going to see me as bad. And all of a sudden your life and everything you're doing is you're seeing yourself as that thing. And all of a sudden, man, he's taking you through that shame game. And finally he takes it to this place where we tend to believe that the only way to be safe is to hide. The only way that we can have safety, the only way that we can have comfort, the only way that that nobody will reject me, that nobody will will push me away, is that, man, if I keep these things away from everybody else and I keep them back here and I keep them hidden from every relationship that's out there and I keep them... away from everything that I deal with and so I'm going to make sure that nobody ever knows about my past. I'm going to make sure that nobody ever um, sees who I really am or knows how I really feel because if they knew those things then man it would jack up every single relationship that I have And, and 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 if you really understood me if you really knew me then there's no way that you would ever accept me. And this is what we got to know, and if you're taking notes, this is probably one of the most important things that I'm going to say all day today, and that is this. And I just wanted to speak to us. In our relationship, any kind of relationship that we have in life, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a marriage, whether it's it's a working relationship, wherever secrets live in your life, intimacy always dies. Wherever secrets are in your life, that intimacy that you want to have in that relationship is always going to start to dissipate and eventually it always dies. On the flip side of that is, is just as well. Wherever intimacy lives, wherever intimacy is out there, the secrets that are in our lives, they die. The secrets that are in our lives, they get exposed and they dissipate out of our lives and and so some of you, you're carrying secrets around and you're covering and you're thinking this is going to help it become better, but the reality is, is that wherever secrets live in your life, the intimacy that you're so desiring with God, the intimacy that you're desiring with your spouse, the intimacy you're desiring with your friends is always going to die, but the good news is, is that when you reveal the whole game, when you expose your life to truth when you expose those things intimacy grows in your life intimacy becomes real and it becomes evident and wherever intimacy and trust and oneness start to increase secrets cannot live anymore in your life and some of you guys, what's, what's been happening in your relationships and particularly your marriage is you've been living with a lot of secrets in your life and you've been wondering why. Why don't we have this openness? Why don't we have this authenticity? Why don't we have this trust with one another? And the reason you're not experiencing that is because you have secrets there and every time you try to get close, you you feel like there's a, there's a barrier and there's a wall there because the intimacy isn't there because there's things that are hidden in your life. And it's keeping you from opening up and being unashamed and being naked before them in in a literal, in a figurative way that is causing you to miss out on the very thing that God created you to have. And wherever those secrets live, man, the intimacy in our lives dies. But the good news is, is that wherever the intimacy starts to live, secrets die. That's why today I want to talk to you about the fourth vow. And I think it's it's probably one of the most critical vows and it's the most important in our lives after we get some of these other ones right. Because what it does is it, man, it just does so much for us. But before we jump into it, let me just review what's, what are the three vows that we've covered over the previous couple of weeks. The first vow is, man, is God will be number one and my spouse will be at my number two. God's going to be the number one priority in my life. We talked about this man there's lots of things that in order of pecking order in our life God has got to be number one a lot of us are thinking man if I can just find the one well the one is really easy to find his name is Jesus Christ and when we find him we run after him with all of our hearts and and as we're looking for a, a companion a helpmate what we do is as we're pursuing Christ we look to the right or we look to the left and whoever's right there next to us that's funny that's cute that has a nice butt whatever we grab their hand and we run life with them and they become our number two. And then the second week we talked about how we're to continue to always pursue our two. That, that we're not to pursue uh, our careers, or we're not to pursue other relationships, we're not to pursue our kids. We're to continue after we pursue Christ, and we're always pursuing Christ, we're going to continue to date our spouse. Man, continue to pursue them, continue to woo them, continue to take them shopping, continue to take dates with them, continue to go on vacation with just them, leave the kids at home, snotty nose kids with some sitter, let them deal with that junk, and, and you guys go have a great life and experience the life that God had for you because you're continuing to pursue. And then the third week we talked about it's about we and not me. This whole idea that the relationship can't be all about you, but it's about the better good of what's best for both of us. And so how do we do that? We had to have mutual submission with one another. We got to recognize that man, God has gifted this person in some areas and he's gifted me in this area and we can work together to have a great relationship and then we allow God. Godly leadership to come through the man as he's following and pursuing Christ and God does some incredible, incredible things in that relationship. And the fourth vow that we're going to take today is this one. It is, I promise to confide in you and not hide from you. I promise to confide in you and not hide from you. The vow of purity because wherever intimacy lives, secrets die. And 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 I'm experiencing this in, in my life in a in a huge way because Shayla and I have known each other since we were about 11 years old and. Uh you know, we grew up with families that, that were good friends, and, and throughout the high school years, we kind of lost track of each other, and, and when, when we kind of reconnected, we were both passionately in love with God. I was living in Texas at a, and doing an internship at a, at a ministry, and she'd gotten out of a relationship. She was pursuing God, and, and we started just being these great friends, and when we decided that we were going to date one another, we just decided from day one that, man, we're going to completely expose our lives to one another. We're going to sit down. We're going to have conversations. We're going to talk about, you know, like how many people we dated. I mean, we talked about how many people we kissed. We talked about our highs and our lows, our our, our what, what we're good at, what we're failing at. We talked about everything. And we just tried to put everything that we could out on the table because we knew that where secrets lived, intimacy would die in our relationship. And so we said from day one, you know what? We're just going to put it all out on the table. And if you want to reject me by knowing everything, then go for it. But that's, I'm not going to live with secrets in my life. And, and so man, we were putting all this stuff out on the table. Eventually we got engaged and Man, we're just madly in love. And about two months before uh, our, our wedding ceremony, one day I'd, I'd pick Shayla up from, from work and, and I was gonna take her to lunch. And I remember going to this, this, uh, this restaurant and sitting down and we were sitting uh, across from one another. And Shayla's like, I got, I got something I have to tell you. And, uh, and, and she was more nervous than I'd ever seen her before. She was kind of scared and trembly lip and actually had some tears in her eyes and stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, what in the world is she going to tell me? I mean, does she have like seven kids that she's been hiding from me this entire time? I mean, I, I mean she's like 12 years old. There's no way that could be possible. I mean, I... You know, I She's not 12, but uh, yeah, 21, I mean, that was a lot of kids by the age of 21. I didn't have any idea and I was, I was freaking out. I, like she actually got me nervous and I don't really get nervous over anything. I was like, ah, oh, whatever. She like, because of how scared she was and she's like, I just got to tell you. And I'm like, just spit it out, girl. I mean, I might get up and pay for the meal and leave, but just tell me what it is. And, and finally she was like, when you were living in Texas and we were just friends, man, I kissed this guy that you knew. And I was like, "That's it," and she's like, "Yeah, that's it." And I was like, "Oh my gosh, I thought this was going to be something huge." And so then I exposed my secret is that I have a unibrow and I shave that mug every day. And so it's you know, (laughs) uh, we just we just want to be open and transparent. We just want to expose everything. For some of you guys, exposing everything is going to be really easy, but. For a good number of you, there's some things in your life that you have hidden right now that you haven't revealed, and you've been wondering why intimacy is void in your relationship. You've been keeping some things secret. You've been wondering why. Why haven't I experienced Relationships, how I want to experience them. Why, why is there this distance between my husband and I? Why is there, is there this distance between my wife and I? And you know you want so much more for your relationship. But until those secrets die, there will always lack intimacy. The good news is, is that, man, God is wanting to... Do something there right now in your life. He's wanting to expose some things, but here's the reality. And we've got to all ask ourselves this question What am I hiding right now in my life? What have I been putting in the dark? What have I been putting hidden away in my life that's keeping me from living? in relationships the way that God intended for me to have. For some of you, it could be the fact that you're overspending lately. Maybe you have a little expense account or a credit card that your spouse doesn't know about and you've been going out and you've been spending and spending and spending and you think, man, if they knew about this, man, they would they would be so mad at me and there's no way that I could ever let them know about what's been happening in my life. For some of you, maybe you've got some sort of physical problem going on. Maybe you found a, a lump somewhere in your body. Maybe you've been having shortness of breath just walking up and down the stairs and you know something's not right and you're afraid to tell your spouse or your friends or your family about what's happening because you, you know that they, as soon as you expose that, there's going to be some consequences of those decisions and different things, and you're thinking, man, I don't want to expose those things. I don't want to bring those things out into light. For some of you, it may be that maybe you've got a, a little bit of an addiction that's happening right now in your life. It, it started out that you just went over here to the Coconut Creek Casino for, on, a, on a Saturday night to have some fun with some friends, and it just didn't stay one night. It, it's happened every single week that you're going back there, and you've won some money. You've lost some money. You've won some money. you lost some money. Then you lost some money. Then you lost some money. Then you lost some money, and you are more money, and you're, and you're trying to keep that thing hidden, but you've, you've got this thing going on you know that you need to expose it. Maybe for some of you it's you've been looking at some things that you shouldn't have been looking at and you started thinking man I could stop this at any time but it hasn't stopped and now you've got a, a pornography problem that every day you're going home and you're looking at those things and it's addicting and you can't and understand how to break and if you expose it then what's that going to do to every relationship that you have? For some of you maybe it's the fact that man you got hurt and you and you started taking some painkillers and that hurt has gone away but the painkillers have not and you're continuing to pop those pills telling people that the pain is still there but deep down inside you know it's not and you're addicted to it and you're wondering how do I get out of this thing? For some of you it's the fact that you get on Facebook and you started talking with old friends and there was an old flame that you started just having some fun conversations with and it's turned into a lot more than some fun conversations today is going a lot, lot further and you're having an affair on, online with that person, maybe not physically, but emotionally. Man, your heart is completely connected to them and you're saying, man, if I expose this, man, it's going to devastate some things and you're, you're scared to death of exposing those things, but yet there's a void in the intimacy of every other relationship that you have. For some of you, it's, it's none of those things. Maybe somebody did something to you Maybe somebody did something horrible that you were abused or, or somebody molested you or you were raped or, or something tragic happened in your life and you think, man, if people really knew about this thing, there's no way that they would love me. There's no way that they would accept me. In fact, they would reject me. They would say, it's my fault. And, and so we start believing those things and we start putting those things in our mind and we start saying, man, there's no way that I can bring these things out in the open. And my question to you is, is what are you hiding today? Because where secrets live, your intimacy dies. That says, man, they were both naked in the garden and they were vulnerable and they were transparent and they were open and there was no shame in their lives. But when guilt came in, there was this wall between them and God. There's this wall between each other. And some of you guys are facing the exact same wall here today. And you're hiding something. And wherever secrets live, intimacy dies. But where intimacy lives, secrets dissipate. And God is challenging us to to confide in him and confide in others and expose those things and not hide from them. And I just wanna let the the scripture speak to us today. In Ephesians chapter five, verse eight, it says this. This is what the Bible says. It's, for you were once darkness. Those of you who who are believers now, it says this. Now you are light in the Lord. For those of you that are Christians, the Bible says that that we are to live as children of the light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. He says, man, live in the fruit of light. And now think about that. I want you to think about that. Because if you're living in the light, you don't have secrets. Because in the light, there is uh, righteousness, truth, and there's also um, goodness. And, and so he says, man, these are the things that are there. Let me ask you a question. In your relationships, in your marriage, what do you want to have? Do you want to have a light marriage or do you want to have a dark marriage? You know, a light marriage is, is man, you're, you're continuously being truthful with one another. You have goodness there. Uh, you have righteousness. In a, in a dark marriage, you have uh, lying. You have unrighteousness and you have badness. Uh, which one do you want? Very few of us are going to be like, I want to I have a dark marriage. No, Unless you're goth, that's the only way you're going to want that. And none of, I, don't, I didn't see any of y'all dressed in all black and nails painted black and all that kind of stuff. So if that's the case, we got to live as children of light. But here's the issue that so many of us have. When we go into a dark room, what happens right away? We can't see anything, can we? You walk into a completely pitch black room, you can't say anything. You're running into stuff. You're bumping into stuff. You know that that is not the way to live. But after you've spent some time in a pitch black room, what happens to your eyes? They start to adjust, don't they? All of a sudden, you start making out objects and you start to feel your way around. And all of a sudden, you've you've experienced what that room's like and and you start to walk around and you start to do life there. And it becomes natural, even though it's a completely unnatural thing. And for some of you today... You've been in the dark for so long that it seems like it's real and it seems like it's natural, but that is not what God has ever intended for your life. And because it's dark, man, you, you can't ever be real and you can't ever be open. You can't ever be authentic and you're lacking intimacy in your relationships. And that's why he says, man, we gotta, we gotta live in the light because what happens when we live in the darkness is it jacks everything up. And in fact, it goes on in verse 11, it says, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. But rather expose them. He says, bring those things to light. Bring the things that are, that are dark and bring them out and confess them. And he goes on to say, for it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. For everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it is the light that makes everything visible. Now you and I, we have a choice. We have a choice in the fact that, man, we can remain in the dark. We can remain afraid. We can remain with walls up and with things in our lives hidden. And we can continue to live in the dark. Or we can choose to expose those things that have been kept in the dark and let truth and righteousness and grace and mercy come forward, and bring it out of the light. Now, here's the deal. It's completely risky. In fact, I would say it's probably one of the most risky things you could do in life is to to bring out all those things. Let me just tell you this. What you've been doing living in the dark is way riskier. It's way riskier because your fear of what people actually knew about you, if they really knew it, is way greater than if they actually knew it. And a lot of times we're missing out on this intimacy because we think that they wouldn't accept me, they wouldn't love me, they would reject me if they knew. But the reality is, is they've been waiting to know so that they could really truly love you. Because right now you're hands off. You got your arms stretched out and there's no way that anybody could hug you from that position because you're pushing everyone away because you have secrets. And wherever secrets live, intimacy dies in our lives. That's why God's encouraging us to live as children of the light. For some of you, I know that you're just going to say, man, that's way too risky. There's no way I could do that. But there's those of you that I believe that are here today that you're tired of living in the dark. You're tired of being in a situation where you're fumbling through life and hoping that those things are never brought out. And you'd rather let God expose those things and deal with those things so you can be free and experience intimacy. And if if you're ready to break free of the shame game, if you're ready to live in the light, let me give you a couple things that I think that we all have to do in order to do that. And the first one is this, is the first thing you're gonna have to do is you're gonna have to confess your secret. You're gonna have to confess your secret. It could be a secret sin. It could be something that you're just afraid of. It could be something from your past that you're fearful of anybody ever knowing about that. You bring it and you say, here it is. You say, here's what happened. You don't bring a partial confession like a lot of people do. That's where they come and they kind of assess the situation where they come and say, here's part of what happened in my life. And they, they based on how you react, they'll give you more of it. If you react badly, they'll pull the rest of it back and they'll just kind of like, oh, I, I kind of did it. No, you bring the whole thing and you don't have to give every single gory detail of what happened, but you say, hey, this is where I am. This is where I was at. And I know it's scary, but when we bring the darkness into light, man, God does a redemptive work that we could never think or imagine or understand. And for some of us, man, today is a day that we're just going to need to come forward and we're just going to need to confess those things to somebody. The second thing that that we want to do, and I want to stop here before we we move forward, because a lot of this is going to deal with the person that needs to confess it, but the second one really is going to deal with the person that is going to be on the receiving end of that confession the person that's going to hear and experience the truth that's coming out of somebody's life for maybe the very first time. That's opening up some, some hurts and some pain and some guilt and some shame that they never thought they could trust anybody with. And I want to encourage you, man, if somebody's doing this, um, man, it's going to be a tough day, a tough week, a tough year. It might be a, a, a tough period of time. But man, it takes a lot of risk to do this. But when they do that, the second thing I want to encourage you to do is to receive any confession with grace as much as you can. And receive that confession with grace because you know what? I I understand when somebody tells you something and and I believe there's going to be people that are going to walk out of here today and they're going to say some things to their spouse that their spouse has never heard They're going to say some things to their friends that they've never heard before that probably will affect that relationship. Will probably hurt that relationship. And your initial reaction is going to be to get angry. Your initial reaction is going to be to to lash out at them. And I want you just to think before you do that, One of of the guts that it takes to say like, here's where I screwed up or here's where I messed up or here's what happened to me or I did this. And I want you to think about your life and the screw ups in your life, the mess ups in your life and the things that you've done in your life. And I want you to think about what Jesus did for you. He said, man, I'll take that all. I'm not going to get angry at you. I'm not going to take out the whip and beat you. I'm not going to do all those things, but And I'm just, I'm going to love you through this. Even though this hurts me, it's probably hurting you a whole lot more right now. You need to understand that, man, when they come forward, man, they're bringing a confession to you. And that confession, it's so much better that they bring it to you rather than keeping it in. The momentary hurt not as bad as the lifelong hiddenness within your life and within their life. Now, some of you, I I know you think, man, I don't need to go do this, man. I'm going to keep these sins hidden. The Bible says, man, our sins are always hidden, are always going to be exposed at some point. And I want us to understand that there's there's a really big difference between somebody who's remorseful and somebody who's repentant. See, that person that's coming to you on their own and saying, here's where I messed up. Here's what happened. Here's what what I did. That's a step towards repentance. See, a lot of people think that, man, when I get caught and I'm sorry that you caught me, that that's repentance. That's not repentance. That's remorseful. I'm upset that I got caught. And I believe that what God is calling some people to today is repentance. It's going to them and saying, you know what? There's some things that are in the dark that Christ has been trying to pull out into the light today. I'm gonna bring that and I'm gonna say it and I'm gonna share it and I'm gonna trust that we can work with this. And let God work. Let God work. When somebody makes that confession to you, man, that's a sign of genuine Repentance. Not them being exposed, but them exposing themselves saying, Man, I've, I've jacked it up. I've messed it up. And man, by the power of God, try to receive that confession with as much grace as you possibly can. And the third thing that I think we all need to do, and this is the thing that we started with in week one, and that's pray together we started week one saying, man, man, if you pray together, a couple that the prays together stays together. Pray. Say, God, help us in this situation. Help us to walk through this pain. Help us to walk through this heart hurt. Help us to stay committed to the covenant that we made with one another, and we're going to finish it out together. And pray. Pray like your, your life depends on it. Pray like your relationship depends on it. Pray like that person's life depends on it. And then finally, commit to the healing journey together. And I chose those words pretty carefully because I believe that it's really going to be a journey for you. This isn't going to be probably just a one-day thing and and all of a sudden God heals and forgives and restores your heart, restores your relationship. That could happen. And man, that's awesome if it does. But for some of you guys, it's going to be weeks. It's going to be months. It's going to be years of things. And you're going to need to talk to somebody. You're going to need to talk to a counselor. You're going to need to talk to some pastors. You're going to need to confess to your your small group or um, connect group. But you say, you know what? We're going to make it no matter what. We're going to stick together and we're going to watch God do something miraculous in our lives. Let me just kind of go off on a rabbit trail here because I think that that some of you guys need to hear this. I mean, if if I were to ask how many of y'all are Christians, the majority of you guys would raise your hands. Man, I follow Christ. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. Act like it. Act like it. Because when craziness and chaos happen in life and people start saying things that you never heard, our tendency is to go do whatever the heck we feel like in that moment and not trust what God says. And so I'm going to encourage you to, to act like a Christian, man. Love like a Christian. Accept like a Christian. Don't go overboard, but man, live in such a way that would honor God. That it would honor God. I know I've been talking a lot to, to married people, but if you're single in here and and you feel like there's some things in your life, and, and I believe that God's is messing with you as well, man, go confess those things to a friend. Confess them to a, to a, your mom or your dad. If you're in a sorority, do it to some sorority sisters. If you're in a fraternity, do it to a fraternity brothers. Uh, go to a connect group. Confess it. Talk to a pastor. Talk to somebody. Share what's happening in your life. If you're married man, I just, I just want to tell you, man, bring it to that other person and trust God. Something that's really critical in that scripture, it says they were both naked and not ashamed. A lot of times what'll happen is, is one of you will go to the other and you'll start sharing your heart, sharing the truth, sharing the secrets. And you're being authentic and transparent. The other person, all of a sudden, they start hiding all of theirs and that's not a both deal. That's a one and done. Since they were both naked and not ashamed, there's got to be an intimacy and a transparency on both sides. And watch God bring those things together. And I just want to close out with this in Revelation 3. Christ is talking to the, to the church at Sardis. And, um, and I know that this is completely out of context, but I want you to hear the heart uh, of what this is saying. Um, because I believe that it really applies to our relationships. And, and those of you that are married, I, I believe that Jesus would probably say this. He says this, your marriage, it has a reputation of being alive. But it is really dead. People that you work with, people that you know, your friends and your family, man, you've got it look like you've got it going on all around on the outside, but on the inside, you know that that marriage is dying. Because where secrets live, intimacy dies. And Jesus, I believe today, is saying to you, wake up. Wake up. He says, strengthen what remains. And is it about to die? Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Over the last four weeks, man, I believe that God has been saying some things that are very critical for all of our relationships. And we're to pursue God first and pursue our spouse second. That we're to continue to to seek that our spouse, we're to put them as our second priority in life and and run after them all of our lives. Man, we're to to stay in this covenant of relationship and and do whatever it takes to make sure that it's not about me, but it's about we. And then today we're, we're talking about this idea that man, we gotta confide in our relationship and not from it. got to confide in you not from you. But some of us man we've been confiding in ourselves. We've been hiding in and of ourselves. And the walls have been built and the intimacy has dissipated. And I believe that God today wants to do some restoration. God wants to do something supernatural In your relationships. But it starts with us. It starts with us taking the things that are in the darkness. and Exposing them to the light. And today you can do that. It's your choice. Let's pray. This is a Coastal Community Church Podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv.